Welcome to the Fitness and Lifestyle Podcast. I'm your host, Dan Kennedy, and you tune in today because you're sick of trying every fad diet under the sun and training yourself into the ground without seeing any results. That's why I'm here to share the most effective ways to eat and train for sustainable and real results. Hey guys, welcome to this bonus episode of the Fitness and Lifestyle Podcast. Thank you so much for joining me on today's episode. I'm actually going to be answering five questions off of Instagram. I posted a, uh, a question box up on my Instagram story. If you're not following me, it's at DJK Fitness. And uh, I asked you guys to send through some questions that I could answer on today's show. It's going to be a little bit shorter than usual. Um, I basically wanted to provide as much value as I possibly could in a short period of time. You guys have sent through some very some very good questions. Um, and a lot of it obviously revolves around uh, what everyone's kind of going through at the moment um, in regards to the coronavirus and isolation and not having access to gyms and the rest of it. Um, but I'm going to do my best to answer those five questions for you today. Um, and we'll get stuck straight into it with uh, with the very first one. And that is what are some ways to get outside of your comfort zone while being stuck at home? That's question number one. It's a great question. Um, you know, obviously without being able to go out, um, you know, into the real world, um, and, and go and do some of the things that we usually could do. There's a lot of opportunities that we now you know, no longer have. But I think this is probably one of the best times for us to get outside of our comfort zone. You know, start to really um, face head on some of these things that we've been kind of pushing away for a long period of time. Whether that's tasks that we've been you know pushing aside, whether that's issues that we've been kind of avoiding, whether that is. Um, you know, going out of our way every single day to spend time learning, you know, doing these things that we know that we probably should be doing, but we don't usually do because either one, we we don't enjoy it as much as what, what we could, or two, is because we're scared to do it. And there's so many things, you know, I could think of a list of 10 things right now that every single day I, I should be doing or I could be doing to better my own life um, that, that maybe I'm avoiding because I'm scared of doing them or... I, I use the excuse of not having enough time or whatever it is and these don't have to be big things these could be things like you know having a cold shower every morning you know I'm not saying that it's going to completely change your life but this is something that I've added into my daily routine and um, I've seen some some really good benefits from it you know and, and not necessarily backed up by science I haven't done any research on it myself but you know, after a cold shower, I feel fantastic. Uh, physically, I feel really good. Mentally, I, I feel like um, I'm very present. You know, if you get in the shower and turn on to complete cold and stand under that for 30 seconds, you've got no fucking option. You will be present, I can guarantee you that. Um, but getting out of the shower and feeling like you've got some clarity about what you want and you, you build up that discipline day in, day out, knowing that it's something that you don't particularly want to do, um, but but you do it anyway because you know the benefits you're going to get mentally and physically and um, it's way outside your comfort zone. So this is that's a small example. Um, other things, as I mentioned, is learning something new, You know, getting outside of your comfort zone by learning something new, something that you'll be able to apply into everyday life once we go back to normal. You may be able to use to help grow your business or upskill yourself in your current job or whatever you do from day to day at the moment. But there are so many things to get outside of, so many ways to get outside of um of our comfort zone and that and can include training too you know we don't have access to gyms and i'll touch on that in a few of these questions today but this is a great chance to try some new styles of training great chance to get creative with what we're doing 
um, do some stuff we don't usually do and and give our body a stimulus that it's not used to, whether that be higher reps, whether that be a higher intensity, different styles of training, more body weight stuff, whether you need to make do with the equipment that you've got at home. Um, there's a number of different things that we can throw into our training to make to put put ourselves outside of our comfort zone, which will benefit us um, in in the long run. Question number two is, is it good or bad to work out in the mornings while intermittent fasting? Now, um, you know, I've talked about intermittent fasting previously on the show. I think I've done a full episode on it as well. So if you want to hear my opinion on intermittent fasting, feel free to go back and check that out. I won't go over that whole thing now, but for those that have no fucking idea of what it is, practically you are fasting for a majority of the day um, and then have a small window where you are consuming your calories. That might be six hours or eight hours a day where you can eat your calories. Outside of that, um, you are fasting. So for majority of people, um, they're going to be fasting obviously overnight while they sleep, wake up in the morning, might fast until after lunchtime, and they have their eating period later in the day, um, and then they go back to fasting again. So the question is, is it good or bad to train or work out in the mornings while intermittent fasting? Personally, this is something that I would do if I was following um, intermittent fasting. I would try and get my workout in um, at least before lunchtime, in my opinion. Um, purely because of the fact that if I was having an eating window, a, a small eating window for the day, I would be placing that towards the end of the day. So I'd be having a lot of my calories in a window towards the end of the day, meaning that my glycogen stores and whatnot are going to be fuller. I'm going to be more replenished um, earlier in the day after consuming my calories and going to bed at night, waking up the next morning, my energy stores are going to be a lot higher, I would think, um, in the morning. So for me, I would prefer to train um, earlier in the morning. As I have touched on in these other podcasts, like I said, you can go back and have a listen. I don't necessarily think that a lot of people are in a proper fasted state um, a lot of the time. So if they're training first thing in the morning, like if I was training first thing in the morning, even if I was following intermittent fasting, I don't think, you know, following a whatever it is, maybe let's say I'm eating for only six hours a day and fasting for 18, I still don't think that I'm going to be getting the benefits of properly being fasted just within 18 hours. Okay, you might accidentally do that sometimes. So for me, if I was training first thing in the morning, I would be having a protein shake straight after I train just to get in some form of high quality, high biological value protein straight after and then still stick with my fasting until I get to my eating period. You know, obviously, if you are following it very strictly, you're not meant to have anything until you are in your your eating window, your eating period. Um, but I would still train first thing in the morning because your yeah, energy stores are going to be higher. Um, and if you don't have a chance or you just fucking hate training first thing in the morning, then maybe try, train a little bit later in the morning or at around lunchtime. But if you're waiting right until the end of the day, then the chances are you're going to be a lot more lethargic. You're not going to have as much energy and your energy output, your production in your sessions is going to be not as good. Um, so you're not going to see the benefits of training as much as what you could if you're training when you uh, had higher energy stores, higher energy levels. And this is my answer to absolutely anybody who asks when they should train. I don't necessarily think there is a, an optimal time of the day to train. I think it comes down to you and your preference when you know you can give the best output um, and sticking to that on a consistent basis. That's what I get. That's what's going to get you the results that you're after is making sure that you are training at a time of the day where you know you can perform at your absolute best on a consistent basis. So training at that time whenever you possibly can over a long period of time. Um, I, f I find that that is the, the most beneficial time of the day to train is, is the day that's going to suit you best. 
Question number three is, will body weight exercises maintain muscle mass if we don't have any weights? Now, this is obviously um, referring to the fact that a lot of people right now don't have access to gym equipment. I'm going to touch on that in the next couple of questions, but for those people that are just using body weight exercises, which is the majority of people out there, um, I would think, and for those that are used to using weights and progressively overloading over time, I, I talked about this the other day on a post on Instagram and also to uh, my email list that, um, guys, if, and also if you're not signed up to my free email list, make sure you, you do. There is, a, there is a link in the show notes today below. I'm, at the moment, I'm sending out emails every single day some of my best content for free, trying to help you guys out and build up a bit of a relationship with you guys. So make sure you hit that link in the show notes below and, and sign up to that email list. But if you don't have weights at the moment and you are still trying to overload, there are ways that you can overload um, without you know, using the typical piece of equipment that you would use at the gym in ways such as more reps, um, increasing the intensity, changing the angles, changing the tempo of your reps, changing the order, of your exercises, supersetting exercises, doing them in a circuit. There's all these different ways. I think inevitably, if you do not have access to gym equipment and you have previously been using it, then in this period of time, especially if this lasts kind of three to six months, you will lose a little bit of muscle mass, but there are ways to make sure that you are trying to retain as much muscle mass as you possibly can over this period of time. Things like increasing your protein intake, so having more than two grams of protein per kilo, I think is very beneficial making sure that you are overloading the muscles any way that you can. Like I said, whether that's more reps, higher intensity, um, changing the order of your exercises, whatever it may be, different angles, just different stimulus to that muscle to try and overload it in a way that's going to, you know, it basically comes down to use it or lose it. So if we're not using our muscles in a way that needs us to have that size or that strength, then we won't retain it. But Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. I don't want anybody out there to start stressing and, and getting really anxious as to whether or not they're going to lose all their gains or whether they're going to lose all this muscle mass that they've worked so hard to achieve because the thing is, it comes down to muscle memory. When we come back to the gym, when the gym's reopened again, we get back into a structured training program, we are overloading with more reps, more weight um, over time, more volume, all this type of stuff, we are going to get all that back very quickly. The worst thing you can do right now is say, fuck it, and not train at all. Because, you know, you're not doing yourself any favors. As I've said, there are plenty of ways we can still provide stimulus to the working muscles to retain as much muscle mass as possible. If you don't have access to equipment, there are plenty of things that you can do to try and add resistance as well. Okay, whether that's just objects around your house, whether that's using a partner to train with, whether that is going, you know, there's just so many different things that we can add in to provide some form of load um, to our training even if we don't have gym equipment. So hopefully that answers that question um, as best as possible. Question number four is, if you were to buy gym equipment for home during the isolation period, what is the top five things that you would purchase? This is a great question, and I actually have uh, have not even written down my answers to this. Um, I'm actually going to answer six questions today because I've just seen another one that I like. Um, but 
top five pieces of gym equipment, okay, that you're going to buy for your house, assuming, you know, and when I'm not going to go, I'm not going to assume that you're spending an absurd amount of money and buying things like um, cable machines and all that type of shit. This is ridiculous. First thing I would say, first essential piece of equipment I would get um, would be a, a set of kettlebells. Um, a set of kettlebells. Yeah, a set of kettlebells, that would be my first thing. Second thing would be a set of dumbbells. Now, with the kettlebells, I would tend to go with a heavier load on the kettlebells you could use for lower body things like lunges, squats, deadlifts, all that type of stuff, step-ups. With the dumbbells, I would stick on the lighter side so you can use them for more upper body exercises. Okay, so, um, you know, things like overhead presses, curls, overhead extensions, maybe a chest press on the floor. You may need to do more reps if the weight's not heavy enough to, to push you as much as what you usually would for a certain rep range. But they're the first two. So a pair of kettlebells, a pair of dumbbells. Um, what's next? I think, um, you know, and people might be surprised at this, but I think a glute band. So um, I would even say like a set of resistance bands, um, including a glute band, so um, that we can use for glute activation. We can add load to our squats. We can add load to a number of different lower body exercises like hip thrusts and whatnot with a glute band. They're very cheap. Um, they are very, very effective, not only for activation, but for increasing the load and, and, in, and making the stimulus on their muscle um, increased. And as I said, I'm going to pair that on with resistance bands as well. Um, resistance bands are absolutely fantastic for things like a number of different upper body exercises. You know, tricep pushdowns, cable rows, oh, sorry, band rows, um, curls. You can use them for assistance on pull-ups if you've got a pull-up bar or if you've got access to a park and there's bars and whatnot. There's just so many things you can do with bands. So kettlebells, dumbbells, bands, um, what else would I recommend? I think we can make use of a lot of shit we have at home or even in parks and stuff. So like benches and couches and all that type of stuff as long as you don't have a very nice white leather couch and I probably wouldn't be stepping on it. But you can use those type of things for step-ups, lunges, sorry, step-ups, ball games, split squats, dips, all that type of stuff um, as well. So two more pieces of equipment. Think, 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 think. Um, hmm. I'm actually going to go with a dead ball, so a, a quite a heavy dead ball that you can use for slams, um, dead ball tosses over the shoulder. You can also use it for for a number of different exercises, even just to add load to squats and um, and all that type of stuff. But dead ball, I find you get a lot of use out of. That is four. Um, really, probably should have put a bit more thought to this before putting myself on the spot. Right, we need one more piece of equipment. So we've got dumbbells, kettlebells, bands. Dead ball, um, and look, I'm going to pair this in. If you can afford it um, and you can access it, then definitely purchase a barbell with plates. Okay, you might be able to buy a set. You might be able to get secondhand set, whether it's brand new, secondhand doesn't really matter. Um, if you can access a barbell with plates, then you are going to be in a far greater position than not having it. Um, not essential, but is definitely a piece of equipment that I would purchase if I could. Um, if I was trying to set up some form of home gym. So they're the five pieces um, that I would recommend. Now, two more questions before I wrap things up. The next one is if we are following either a body weight or minimal equipment training program or training plan throughout this period, what is the best split to follow? Now, training split, that is. Um, I would honestly break it up one of two ways. The first one, and this is probably going to be most common for most people, I would say, that don't have much equipment, I would break it up into upper and lower. 
Um, but the, the second option is upper, lower, and full body. Um, I think they're the two splits that I would follow most commonly in this current period of time. You know, upper, lower, very straightforward. You can alternate from day to day. If you're having rest days, it doesn't really matter. You just go back to whatever you were up to. Um, you know, upper, upper body lower body and full body is also a great one because you're going to be more likely to target each muscle group twice per week. Um, that's that's another great one there. But I wouldn't be going to try and do break it up into your, your typical usual splits. I wouldn't get too fancy with training splits at the moment because it's hard to find the variation to be able to get these exercises done um, like you usually would. Um, so, so as I said, upper, lower, or upper, lower, and full body would be the most effective training split, I think, at the moment. Keeping in mind what you want to focus on with your, your training splits throughout the week is you want to target each muscle group twice per week, focus on big movements, okay? So go for multi-joint compound movements first before isolation movements, um, if possible. And, you know, there's, you're going to have to get creative. If you're following my Instagram and looking at my stories, there's plenty of different things that I've been doing lately to, to show you guys different ways to try certain exercises to to make things more interesting and to also provide a certain load on the muscles that we may not be able to get because we don't have access to certain pieces of equipment. But this is where it's fun. And, and you know, uh, I also wanted to add in there, I never, never really try and sell on this podcast. Um, but if you, this is something that you're struggling with and you do want some help with it, for my, my PT clients and my online clients and absolutely anybody who is wanting to train and needs guidance, I've opened up a virtual workouts program um, at the moment, uh, which is $30 per week. Um, so it's just a subscription. There will be three workouts per week, Monday, Wednesday, and Friday inside a private Facebook group, which you've got access to once you join us. Um, I'll have the link to that workout program or the link to that program in um, the show notes for you guys to access. If that's something that you would like, um, I'm putting up, as I said, three workouts per week. It'll be a bit of a mix between the live virtual workouts inside the group where you can follow on along at the exact same time that we're doing them or I'll put up a video of every single exercise with an explanation of what cues to think about along with the description of the workout in that post and obviously these workouts will stay in the group for you to to try and to follow if you cannot can't do them at the certain time that we do them but if this is something you need help with then obviously um, I'd love to have you part of the team and um, and to build a little community and help everybody stay right on track and keep each other motivated through in uh, this period of time. Now, the last question I'm going to answer before I wrap up is how to gain glute control slash strength when you have when you are a very quad dominant person. Now, what that means is that our glutes and hamstrings don't typically do that much. They're they're pretty fucking lazy, um, and our quads are very strong and more dominant. Now, this is the case for the majority of people, and that's because a lot of the stuff that we do is with the anterior part of our body. Even you know walking, running, well, running we should be using our hamstrings and glutes, but walking. Stepping, you know, going up steps or sitting up, sorry, sitting down, standing up. A lot of the stuff we do is quad dominant. And over time, our posture tends to get quite um, shit ass as well. And that doesn't make anything any better. It just, it just makes everything worse, to be perfectly honest. So to prevent this or to try and reverse the effects of being quad dominant and start to get our glutes and hamstrings actually doing something, our first step should always be mobility mobility through the anterior part of our body so our hips particularly hip flexors and tfls um, you know this is done by performing multiple mobility exercises so stretches uh, self myofascial release with things like the um, hip release on the excuse me on the kettlebell 
foam rolling through the quads, foam rolling um, and trigger point release stuff through the hip flexors and TFL. These are all great ways to mobilize the hips. That's the first step. The second step is to activate. So to activate our glutes, activate our hamstrings using things like bands, using things like certain activation exercises. One of my favorite for the hamstrings is things like single leg arabesques. Um, these can be a great strengthening exercise, but also fantastic for activation, even things like glute bridges and hip raises and whatnot. So activation is the second part of that. The third part is strengthening. So strengthening our glutes, strengthening our hamstrings, using certain exercises such as RDLs, box squats. You know, um, these are obviously great for quads as well, but some of my favorites for hamstrings and glutes, RDLs, sumo deadlifts, glute hamstring raises, barbell hip thrusts are fantastic, glute bridges. These are all great exercises to build up that strength through the posterior chain and start to get that, that part of our body moving and working as an absolute unit so that it takes away from the quads that when we go and do these certain exercises like running and all that type of stuff and even exercise in the gym where we should be using our hamstrings and glutes but we're using our quads because we're so quad dominant and our hip mobility is so poor, you know, by doing these things, by improving mobility, by improving activation and strengthening, we can start to reverse that and it takes time. You need to be very consistent with it um, and that's something that a lot of people struggle with. But if you can be consistent with it and do it effectively and efficiently on, on a consistent basis, I guarantee you'll start to see a big difference and um, you'll see improvements across all of the boards in, in your lower body training and even your athletic performance as well. So this is something I'd highly recommend. Um, even if you aren't wanting to you know, get absolutely strong in the gym or improve your running, whatever, you just want better posture. You just want less back pain. You just want to feel better. You want you know, you want your body to work more efficiently, then this is a, a, an exceptional thing that you can start doing straight away. So guys, I hope you've taken some value from those answers um, in today's Q&A. Um, thanks so much for, for tuning in. I hope you're enjoying the extra episode per week. I know today's um, today's one was a little bit shorter and um, and very focused around specific questions, but um, I hope you've taken some value from it. Thanks so much for tuning in. If you haven't subscribed to the podcast already, Please do. I am trying to provide as much value as I possibly can for you guys every single week. Um, take a screenshot of today's episode and post it up on your Instagram story if you think that it could help somebody that you know. Um, I'd be very appreciative of that. Hope you're having a fantastic day or night whenever you're listening to this and that you're staying happy, um, healthy, and very positive throughout this challenging time. I'll talk to you in the next episode.